Hi guys, I am here with Dustin Williams and Jed Leaf who are at UT Southwestern and we've decided that we are going to come and talk about uh, feedback. I know we talk about feedback a lot, but we're going to talk a little bit more about feedback because I think a lot of people have different approaches to it and it's really important to hear how other people have legitimately worked feedback into their practices. So there's a lot of cowboy boots right now in this <laughs> room, uh, but that's okay. And um, I want to thank you guys for coming and being willing to kind of sit down and, and chat. Uh, well, thanks for having us on your podcast, Jenna. <laughs> it's really great to, to be here uh, in your hotel room at Cord. Yeah. So thanks for having us. Uh, and at UT Southwestern, I think we give our residents lots of feedback in multiple different facets and many different formats. I think that first is on shift teaching and you know, we're at UT Southwestern, we're at Parkland. It's a busy level one trauma center, 240,000 visits a year. So really busy place. So finding time to squeeze that feedback in can sometimes be a challenge. Um, what I found works good for me, especially in a busy environment is prior to the shift, figure out what your resident or your medical student really wants to work on yeah. uh, and kind of identify some areas. So that way during my shift, that's really, really busy. At least I can kind of point out one or two things that they're, they're working on, whether it's medical decision-making, whether it's uh, developing differentials, uh, multitasking. So then at the end of the shift, it gives me a little bit better idea of uh, what I can focus on. Um, I think it's really important to set the stage for feedback. I think a resident or medical student really needs to be in that mind frame of willing to accept that feedback. So at the end of every shift, I usually grab, the, grab my resident and say, hey, do you mind if we go over some feedback? I think an important aspect of that is um, the mantra that I use is, you know, praise in public, but criticize in private. So um, if your resident's doing a good job, I usually let the team know by giving that feedback, you know, in your pod, in front of the nurses and, yeah. you know, telling them what great things that they've been doing. If there's something more critical, something I think they need to work on, I think it's really important to kind of take them aside somewhere uh, to more private. I think that they can really accept and hear that information a little bit better in a more private type of space. Like our shop is super big and it's super busy. So even finding a spot to do that yeah. can be challenging. I, I'm so happy to hear you say that because I also do the same thing. I'm one of the only people in our group that does it. Like, what do you want to work on today? And the mm -hmm. residents roll their eyes. I find two challenges with it. And I'm interested in what you find. Number one, I ask them what they want to work on. And they all say efficiency, right? Like everyone says uh -huh. efficiency. And I'm right. like, well, what does that mean? Um, and then I often find we're so busy because we hit the deck running that like, you're like halfway through your session, like, oh my God, I never asked you. So like, well, how do you, are you just really deliberate about it? Yeah, I, at the beginning of every, all my shifts, I'm really deliberate about it because I think in the end it helps me with my feedback uh, because one thing you can get is see what sort of insight they have into their learning, right? When you have the medical student at the end of the shift, it's like, oh yeah, I totally nailed it. I was like, hey, well, that's something else we can talk about is your feedback is <laughs> your insight is not super awesome because you didn't do great. But I think that, yeah, at the beginning of my shift, I am usually very deliberate and at the beginning when I started doing that, I got the efficiency or, or they bring up medical knowledge stuff like I want to work on EKGs. I'm like, really? Every I want to work on central lines. And you're like, oh, okay, well, <laughs> hopefully we'll have a few central lines today. You know? So a lot of times I frame that with my resident. Uh, I think that we have such a big, robust faculty and everybody has their special niche area of interest. And so I tell my residents, like, okay, that's great. If you want to work on EKGs with me, that's great. I can teach you EKGs. I can teach you the basics. But, you know, hey, here's the stuff that I'm really good at and I think that uh, I could help you work on on this shift. So if you want to pick one of those things. And so help redirect them um, a little bit and say, hey, you know, maybe when you're working coding and billing, this faculty is really who you want to work at, look at. Mm -hmm. 
your medical decision making and your coding and billing. We talk about that a lot with our faculty, or we've talked in the office a lot about that. Like, should we help our faculty try and find the things that they're really good at teaching, right? And then, and then they should just focus on teaching that. Because I think a lot of our faculty walk into a shift and so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I love it. I, I love having every faculty. I mean, I think in emergency medicine, we need to be really good at everything, uh, but kind of having a niche area of interest. Jed, how do you do it? Like, do you have a beginning mantra to your shift or do you just kind of like hit the ground running and see where it takes you? So I've found it very useful to kind of do exactly what Dustin said and be like, hey, what are you looking to work for today? Is there some area I can try to highlight? For you because I know what we're going to focus on and if it's efficiency I'll be like okay I'm going to pick one very specific area and in that I may I kind of fudge efficiency into like generally I'm going to be community medicine doctor and so I'll fudge that and I may look a little bit and say hey you know did you sit down did you touch the patient did you introduce yourself did you give them your plan did you talk to them do you explain what's going to happen did you tell them about how long they might be in this room did you come out and order all their stuff efficiently but i try to kind of look at what they're looking at and figure out what i can look at i think we've got kind of the broad diverse faculty who can look at those different things the residents work with all of us they all get a chance to see what we do but i think given that opening shot to say hey this is what i want to look at Mm -hmm. and they figure it out pretty quick right within like that first you know a couple of months they know like Mm -hmm. dozens the eye guy Mm -hmm. you know they they know leaf is like the stands around looking cool guy (laughs) exactly (laughs) do you like how many faculty do you have though uh now we have about 80 faculty yeah so you're big too and how many residents do you have we have 66 residents yeah we have 62 and it's really hard for our faculty to know because you can work with one resident today and not see Mm -hmm. them again for nine months and maybe you know because you guys are in leadership so like you might know like oh okay you don't really need to work on that you need to work on this do you ever address that at the beginning of the shift or do you just kind of let what they want to work on ride we manage our very large residency with our cccs i kind of sort of have my little you know locked up super hippa secure notebook in my phone where i know like hey you know resident xy sounds like he's been struggling with efficiency and then it's like okay i know when i'm working with you know, resident XY, hey, I need to hit this. So I may still ask them, like, hey, you know, what have you been working on lately? What topics have you been looking at? We'll try to hit that. And then I'll say, hey, I don't know that we've hit this, uh, you know, as we run our education series, I don't, like, I don't know that we've hit this in conference lately. So why don't we talk about how to deal with a difficult difficult situation. And I think it depends on the feedback, too, on when to give it. Like, if, say, something bad happens in the middle of the shift, I mean, I think that if you take a resident mid-shift and you give them really critical, kind of negative, like self-reflecting feedback, I think you crush them for the rest of the shift. Oh, yeah. So I, I, think, I totally hold that stuff so to the end. I'm like, yeah. hey, walk, walk out with me and yeah. let's talk. I think one of the other challenges I have on shift feedback is the kind of the checked-out resident, right? Mm-hmm. This, in, in part of the year, the R3 is about to go. They already have a job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, getting them they're, to they're get really feedback. They're really scared or really done with you. Absolutely, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So one technique that I like to use on that is patient feedback, right? So um, in Parkland, sometimes it's hard to get patient feedback. So every room I'll go in, I'm saying, you know, I'm the faculty doctor working with the resident doctor that you saw. If you had to give them a grade today, oh. how'd they do? And I just write down all that feedback, and then at the end, I give that resident that feedback. And a lot, it's usually good. It's usually good. They don't realize, you know, a lot of time they could be a little bit burnt out. And I think it's really positive to them. Like, hey, that patient you saw in room three, they thought you were the best doctor that they ever saw. They didn't know you were a resident. 
and they think you're fantastic. They want to see you in clinic next week. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Congratulations. Your patient list is growing. <laughs> we have different styles of our shifts, and one um, shift that we have, it's one-on-one with the upper-level resident where we're seeing patients kind of quickly uh, together. So it's really great because normally in our setup at our shop, we're not going in one-on-one with the residents. We kind of go in, staff multiple residents at a time. So in this kind of one-on-one format, it's great because we give our residents real-time feedback, especially those little corrective things like, hey, you, you didn't, you forgot to ask about this, or you didn't sit down, you you didn't come off as empathetic. or uh, And I think they really, really appreciate appreciate those shifts, especially in real-time. Yeah, and when, and when they do this, when I see them make those sort of, and it's usually sort of like that mid-second-year resident that makes sort of some of those, you know, in a more interpersonal rather than medical knowledge kind of mistakes that I'll go with and I'll say, hey, why don't you do this? Let's just take a pause and you follow me on this one mm-hmm. and you see exactly what I do and you watch me mm-hmm. pretend to be, you know, the glorious Dr. Leaf in the long white coat <laughs> and I will walk in it, you know, and I'll give them the, you know, the full exposition of mm-hmm. the best I can give you of it, you know, a, a caring physician and show them what this interaction looks like mm-hmm. so they know and they can kind of model off, mm-hmm. you know, this is what it looks like. This mm-hmm. is a good patient interaction as best as at least this guy can show. Yeah. And then they'll work with Dustin and he'll show them how to do it right. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a really good point. We call it, because we call it direct observation in our um, in our institution, we call it speed. And then we have a reverse speed where yeah. they come in with us. And it's like this great way especially for the seniors, but even for the junior residents, to kind of see how you ask all your seizure history questions right. really efficiently or how you explain low-risk chest pain you're going home for the seniors. What do you think you guys struggle with? Not you guys. As a whole, your faculty. Because we, we, Dustin and I struggle with nothing. Yeah, nothing, <laughs> nothing. We nail it all. <laughs> One hundo. I should know. we just had uh, Larissa, is it Velez? Yes. Yes, who just joined us, who's the program director at UT Southwestern Joint. And I've been heard she's here to censor these two and make sure that they don't say anything inappropriate. I'll try. Good luck. We're going to talk a little bit about what we think your faculty struggle with, which are probably the same things that all our faculty struggle with, and then what you do at the end of the shift, which I think will be really important to talk about. So mm-hmm. what do you think your um, your faculty struggle with? I think probably the hardest part is knowing exactly, and this goes back to again, the beginning of the shift, but it's the hardest part is knowing exactly what I should evaluate this resident on. Because mm-hmm. there's so many different levels and so many different things that we need to look at at how they are progressing and how they are doing well. So I, that's where, at least for me, I need to kind of frame one thing that, okay, I'm going to hone in and I'm like, how well did you interact with the patient's family today? Like, I need to know that. Or how well did you develop a differential today? Because if I try to synthesize all that, I always end up with, yeah, brah, that's about a 3.5. Solid work. And then at, that, at the end of the shift, if I've tried to focus on that, that's where, like Dustin was mentioned earlier, you know, if they were awesome, I'm going to make this happen in a louder voice than I usually use with the charge nurse close to me and say, you know, hey, great, doc. That was amazing. Do you think if you could get all of your faculty just to focus on one thing per shift, that the amount of feedback your residents got would go up? Because I do. Like, I think if we could get all of our faculty, and I think they'd all pick different things, right? Right. I think they'd all pick something different. Kind of a thing we we have kicked around and I think have never really managed to make happen. But I think if we could, as a faculty, just like pick out at a faculty meeting and be like, hey, look, you know, whatever, Dr. A, you're going to cover, you know, your walk into the room, your approach. It'd be a really cool study, yeah. actually, right? To like mm-hmm. look at your faculty and see if you delineated their strengths, started to get feedback on that. Mm-hmm. The quality and or quantity and or satisfaction of the feedback got better. But 
I struggle with even sometimes is the resident that's doing a good job. It's doing yeah. a great job is giving them constructive feedback on what they could be doing better. So I absolutely agree with you is, you know, figuring out one thing uh, to, on a shift to work on and really kind of dedicate helps helps give you more kind of in-depth, robust feedback mm-hmm. than just good job, keep on, keep it on. Yeah. I think we could have a whole podcast on how to give feedback yeah. to the high-performing yeah. resident. Yeah. yeah, and I fully, I fully agree with that. I, I have a game plan whenever I show up to a shift. I'm, there's always something that I'm working on as a faculty, and I try to tell that to the residents so that they know that I'm – Although I'm 20-something years into my EM practice and I'm still working actively on keeping up my skill set, learning something new, reading something, because that, that kind of shows them that it, it never stops, right? Mm-hmm. So it creates a good culture of uh, I'm working on something, you should be working on something. I think some of our faculty, because of how big we are, they struggle with kind of learning all the learners and knowing yeah. how to trust and yeah. how much to trust. Um, and sometimes what should that learner be working on? Sometimes they don't know what they don't know. Uh, and as a faculty, it's hard. If you, if you don't know where they are in their learning process, just to help them the most, if they don't have a lot of introspection, it's hard for you to kind of figure out, okay, so this person is struggling with, you know, uh, interruptions or is struggling mm-hmm. with, you know, efficiency or note writing. I love that idea of sharing with your resident yeah. what you're working on. So you get to the end of your shift. Do your shifts end at the same time as your residents? They have, uh, generally speaking, have an hour overlap past us. So you're so like we, out we, the door. Yeah. <laughs> How does that work? Because like our faculty, and I'm I'm guilty of this as well, at the end of the shift, I'm like wrapping up, signing out, ensuring that they have a good handle on the plan. I, can, I, have, I really struggle to give feedback at the end. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what, what did you think? And I'm like, I don't know. I just, <laughs> like, I just feel like I got hit by a truck. It was a really busy shift. Um, I will email you. So I have... I have adopted an email after the fact to them, uh, like within a week or so, um, that goes through their shift like case by case almost. It's exhausting though, and it's very time consuming, and I wish I was better in the moment. So I'm curious how you guys, all the three of you, what, what do you do at the end of the shift? If you're, you're very right. I usually am running out of the ED, and I don't have a lot of time to kind of sit down, nor I have kind of the right mindset to be giving people a lot of detailed feedback. But I usually tell them, send me an evaluation, and I make it a point to kind of write it within the next, you know, five to seven days so that they, that they get timely feedback. I, I might give them a, a specific compliment. Uh, I might not do it at the end of the shift. I might do it when they did something really good. Hey, you know, that central line went really well. So I try to not pile everything till the end. If I see a good behavior, I reinforce it right away. I might kind of reinforce it at the end of the shift, but I just... I'm very brief. It might take me 30 seconds of, uh, and it's usually a positive thing. I usually try to leave the shift with like, thank you. This is what you did well today. Send me an evaluation. I'll make sure that you get some more structured feedback mm-hmm. later. I like that. Well, and they're trying to wrap up too. That's yeah. 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 They're, yeah. they're tired. Like, You're they tired. They're like, yeah, do but... not talk to me. Like I've got mm-hmm. four consultant phone calls coming in. I'm also running, like they're running around with the check and they're like, I can't process But if you can streamline that into just a couple of sentences, I think that has some value. What do you do, Dustin? Uh, well, yeah, I think at the end of my shift, I think it's pretty easy to identify things for a struggling learner to work on, like we talked yeah. about, but for the high performer, it's a little bit challenging. So I, I kind of turn it back on my learner and see what insight they have. I say, hey, what's one thing that you did really well today and what's one thing that you think that you can work on? Uh, so that helps my evaluation a little yeah. bit. I'm like, oh, yeah, you could have done that a little mm-hmm. bit better. That's a great idea. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I kind of use, use their insight, and that's kind of how I start it. So I think we're getting to the end. I feel like we've talked about feedback a ton, but 
If you could have one take home for a faculty member at your institution, we've talked about a lot of take homes and I think there's a lot of good stuff, but what would it be for each of you? I've already said that the one thing I think is really important to me is, you know, praise in public and criticize in private. I think that's important. Yeah. And for me, I think for some of our faculty, it's just walk in looking to know you got to give them some good feedback, like walk in and find something that you're going to look at today. Like, no, this is part of your job. Yeah. Not just patient care, but I'm going to evaluate my resident. I'm going to pick one thing to focus on. I'm going to make my resident this much better. That sucked on radio. That was six inches better, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) On a Likert scale. Six inches better on the Likert scale. Um, By, you know, knowing what you're going to look at and having to focus on it and saying, I'm going to focus and this is what we're going to do and you will be better at this by the end of your shift. And every resident will love you because they walked into work knowing I'm here for a shift, but when they walk in, you ask them that, they know they're going to walk out and be a better doctor at the end and that's why they're in residency. Yeah. Larissa, how about you? And that's why we're in education. Right. Yeah. I, I think to me is that the, the residents do a thousand kind of great things every day and we tend to focus on the negatives and there has to be a, some sort of focus on the negatives, right? You made a big mistake, you missed something. Uh, but make sure that you praise all the little good things that people do every day. A good conversation, you know, a good catch, you know, uh, being friendly to someone, you know, being a good colleague. Uh, all those things, you know, go and notice. But if you just say a few good words, you, you see how far they go. You know, sometimes the residents feel that all that we're calling them is for a problem. You know, do you remember that patient? You know, that case that you missed, a potassium that you didn't recognize, an EKG that was subtle but ended up being a STEMI. Um, but they are doing a thousand good things every day. And I think our job is to highlight those things and make sure that everybody knows about them. And yeah, in, in private, you know, just teach them the yeah. things that they're not doing uh, well. They just need to recognize that everybody makes mistakes, that we're here to learn, that I expected to make mistakes, but I also expected to learn from those mistakes. But I appreciate all the hard work that you do every day. Uh, and I think we focus on that. Uh, we we have a better training environment. I agree. I think the big thing for me, if I could tell people, is to find your niche of the thing that you're really good at giving feedback on and just start giving feedback on that once per shift. And and open up the conversation of, like, what are you working on today? Because I think it just um, it sets the stage for, we're going to have a conversation. Like, we're going to talk about this. We're, we're going to have feedback. It's going to be expected. It's going to be part of the, the shift today, and it's going to be fine. So I agree with that. So. Awesome. Well, listen, I love having all these awesome educators come and talk to me. And these are conversations we have all the time with each other. And it's been really fun to start to get to share it with all of our faculty. So thank you guys for taking the time out of your day to come and hang out. Thanks for having us, Jenna. All right. Thank you so much. Oh, I get class.